And we, we swim with a lot of fish. We swim with the manatees a lot. I love it when the manatees come up real close and, and curious. They want to see what I'm doing. They're a curious species, <laughs> but they come in and visit our show a lot of times. And we do have uh, like bluegill, sheephead. Uh, we have uh, garfish. We've got um, quite a few uh, fish swimming around that we feed. But yes, occasionally we get a snake or an alligator and we get out very quickly when they make their appearance. It's gonna be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith For Real, the curious introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. Before Disney World opened and the interstate traveled straight to them, Florida visitors traveled US-19 right by the entrance to Wikiwachi Springs. In 1947, entrepreneur Newton Perry founded a mermaid attraction in a sandy bottom natural pool that connects with the springs and a seven-mile river. He recruited young women to be his mermaids and swim 16 to 20 feet, that's five to six meters, below the surface using breathing hoses and breath hold techniques to perform underwater aerial acts. Our next guest was not only one of those mermaids from 1963 to 1968, where she did three shows a day, but also currently a Wikiwachi legendary siren. That means she is one of eight ladies between the ages of 50 and 80 years old that choreograph and perform their own shows two to four times a month. So all you 80s kids, 90s kids who know the lyrics to Little Mermaid, buckle up because <laughs> we have real life Ariel, Florida Springs conservationist, overall water woman, Rita King, everybody. Yeah, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I'm so glad that we were able to connect. I first went to Wikiwachi, I think it was last summer, and was so impressed and so obsessed. And I can't believe my little 90s mermaid self did not know about it until sooner, didn't know about it sooner. So I, I was glad to be a part of it. It's really special. It is. So the options presented to women in the 60s, after high school anyway, were pretty traditional, um, but mm -hmm. <laughs> you didn't go that route. So what inspired you to think of yourself in such an out-of-the-box kind of a way? Well, I've always enjoyed swimming underwater more than I ever enjoyed swimming on top of it. And like a lot of little girls living around Wikiwachi, I dreamed of being a mermaid, um, my parents, of course, wanted me to continue on with my education, and I took a few night courses, but my heart was really always underwater. <laughs> I went up there and passed the test, and my dream came true. What was the test? The test back then was pretty simple. Uh, they had you go underwater and smile and see if you where your comfort level was. We didn't do the things that we do today. I mean, it is very extensive today to have the test and the training, but we have a lot more safety nowadays than we did 60 some years ago. You know. So what are so the I, tests now? Okay. Now is um, when you come in, you have to swim 400 yards. That's four football fields end to end nonstop. 
and you have to do it under 15 minutes. And then you have to tread water for 15 minutes after that. They, this is for the strength and to see the endurance. And then if you pass that, you move on to the underwater ballet. You um, do a, a variety of ballet, they ask you, and you smile underwater and they see what your comfort level is then. And uh, if you can, you can do these things, then you go into, if you get the job, then you go into a whole different set of training techniques. Wow, that's so cool. How, how do you manage the buoyancy without weights? Or are you, were you wearing weights or do they do not wear weights now? What we do is we exhale all our air. So you feel like you need air all the time, but that's the only way. If you hold the air, of course, you're going to go right to the surface. So that's one of the biggest things that takes us once we get on the air hose. I mean, we go through a lot of safety training and um, procedures, uh, first responder, rescue, all of it. Oh, wow. We have to be a scuba trained. We have a hundred question written test on the principles of uh, compressed air and underwater sickness and how to deal with it. Yeah, it's it's intense, along with all the other training. But you have to do all of that before you get on the air hose. But to be on the air hose, you have to really manage your breath control and the control of your air hose. And the way to for the you have to take the air out of your lungs so you can stay stationary at one level. That's one of the hardest things to accomplish, to do a show. That's incredible. I had I thought for sure that they had somehow attached very flat weights to underneath their mermaid tail or something because they looked just like they were suspended in air and looked comfortable, not like that they were out of breath. Well, you, it takes a while. It takes a mermaid uh, to be to reach full mermaid status. It takes anywhere from six months to a year. Wow. reach the status we go through some rigorous training it's not like the mermaids you see that sit on the side of the pool mm-hmm. you know that is not us we are it's a way of life with us <laughs> to be honest with you it's not a weekend gig <laughs> so how is your breath hold have you ever tested it well when i was younger uh i could hold my breath three minutes and 15 seconds what that's amazing but, uh, but now i'm not anywhere near that <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not even. I've not even measured it. Now, I sent you some pictures so you could see. Oh, I can't wait. About, I've seen uh, some yeah. of the pictures that you send me, and I honestly spent a lot of um, my afternoon yesterday just binging on Wiki Watchy Mermaid information because it is endlessly fascinating. Because it's such a Florida mm-hmm. tradition, but you even went outside of Florida. Tell me about your time in Brazil. Oh, it was really, really neat. Um, after I left Wikiwatchi and I had got married and had my son, but I got a, this job through one of the former mermaids who was one of the original that Newton Perry had swim. She had left and gone over to Paris. She was in all kinds of uh, underwater and water things over there. Well, she wound up in the Moulin Rouge. Okay, so I wound up, she gave me this job in Brazil, in Rio, and the nightclub seated 1,800 people. It had three stages. And what I did 
was I was in one of the stages in a plexiglass tank, clear, with a little air hosing compressor. And I did ballet and ate a banana and drank a soda and entertained the audience during the costume changes of the Moulin Rouge, the girls that did the Moulin Rouge out of Paris, France. So it was quite interesting to do that. I did that for about eight months. I could have stayed longer and gone on, but I really was kind of homesick and wanted to get home. It was just me and my son at the time. Yeah, that's incredible. Very, yeah, it was quite an experience. Did you ever get to meet the founder, Newton Perry? No, I didn't. Hmm. I, um, he, he sold the place to, uh, ABC Paramount Pictures in 1959. Oh. Okay. So I didn't get to meet him because I didn't start until 63. But I met his daughter and, you know, yeah, she comes over all the time because she was swim, she swam as a limit too. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, because that, when you're swimming in the tank, or it's not a tank. That's when you're swimming. <laughs> so what it, misconception that most people have, they think that we're in a big fish tank. In reality, the people that come to see us are basically in a tank-like theater that's attached to the side of the springs, and they're looking at us through the open natural springs. It's really big. Is the, the theater that's still there, it's still the one that's carved out of limestone? Uh, this is... It's it's set in it. It's it holds uh, seats almost 500 people between 470 and 500 people. It's not the same original one. Mm. They put in a new one back in the 61. Oh, okay. And because it's a an open water, um, you're swimming in natural water. There's sometimes fish that come in there, uh-huh. and it's like they want to be a part of the show. Have you ever had to get out in a hurry because an alligator came to yeah. Really? Yes. We, we swim with a lot of fish. We swim with the manatees a lot. I love it when the manatees come up real close and, and curious. They want to see what I'm doing. They're a curious species. <laughs> but they come in and visit our show a lot of times. And we do have, uh, like, bluegill, sheephead. Uh, we have uh, garfish. We've got um, quite a few uh, fish swimming around that we feed, but yes, occasionally we get a snake or an alligator, and we get out very quickly when they make their appearance until they get removed from the spring. They just come up from the river, mm-hmm. you know, and they think, "Oh, let's visit." What's, what's going yes, on? Yes, I have been a couple times. <laughs> oh my gosh! How did how do you how do they signal like, "Oh my gosh, there's an alligator"? Is there a special underwater yeah. sign that uh, you make? Well, we have underwater uh, speakers because that's how we get our music to do our performance but the announcer has a microphone and tells us what's going on and we have hand signals that we get everybody out in case we spot it first (laughs) that's incredible it's so cool to think about all the things that you know you went through to become a mermaid and it was like your lifelong goal and then you took a you know a leap of faith and went to another country when I think about all of that and and how excited it makes me feel, to be quite honest, I think that's so thrilling. Um, how do you feel being a mermaid and doing all those things has shaped who you are today? Um, it's actually made me a better person, I think. 
because I have a different perspective. When I left the Springs, I wanted to get into underwater photography, but I was raising my son on my own most of the time, so I couldn't afford it. So when this opportunity came up, of course, I took it. And then when I came back, I um, went and got a good paying job at the Postal Service where I retired from. But, you know, after I left the Springs, I felt like a fish out of water. And it was like I had was constantly dreaming of being underwater at the Springs. And it was like it was a tug for me, a, a magnetic force pulling me back. And it's like it, that little voice inside you telling you what your soul really needs, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt that I ought to follow it. And that's why as soon as I retired, I came back to Wikiwachi. I had to wait um, over four years for a position to come open because they only have eight, you know, legendary sirens. So it was like, in the meantime, I had gotten involved with um, environmental situations and the water, fresh water, basically, which is where our water comes from in the spring is from the aquifer. So and it's so special. Yeah. People don't realize that Florida um, has more springs than any other place in the world. And yes, it's just do. such a, it's anyone that has seen or experienced a spring in Florida will understand the, the magnetism that you just described because it just takes your breath away. It's otherworldly. It's crystal clear. The cypress trees look like their arms are reaching down into the water and it just, it captures you. You know what I like a lot? I mean, which really, it's kind of uh, like another dimension, but when I'm down swimming, I'm go under, oh, say 40 feet, 50 feet below the surface and look up at the surface and see the trees and the sun and the sky reflecting through. I mean, you can see it clearly, everything. It is. It really is like being in another world. I, that's. I love it. And it is. You ask any of the girls, the young ones, or us legendary. When we're away from any any length of time, if we're not at the springs, we start getting anxious. I mean, we miss it. We have to get in. We don't know why we have that feeling, or what causes that. We just know it's a magnetic thing with us and the springs. You know, so I can it is, relate. It is a beautiful thing. It is a gorgeous thing. I can really relate because I feel that way about the ocean. If I haven't, or the Gulf of Mexico, I always just, ever since I was little, I was like, that's the ocean, but it's the Gulf. But uh, yeah, (laughs) if I get grouchy, my husband's like, hmm, when was the last time you've been at the beach? (laughs) You need to get in the water. (laughs) Your gills is dry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You um, have some camps for women over 30 mermaid camps i'm i'm gonna need to know about these so spill oh, yeah. spill the beans rita what's well, going on it's interesting because once they are posted online they are sold out like that day within mm. six eight hours these people and they give them fair warning oh we'll soon be posting the camps these people we've got a waiting list for that wow. we do um we it's a weekend camp okay and we get people from all over the country. I mean, you're talking doctors and lawyers and uh, business executives, uh, even had a rocket scientist from NASA come and do this. And we teach them how to swim in a mermaid tail, how to smile 
and looked really cool for underwater shots in the tail. Uh, we teach them ballet. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show in the Museum of Commerce and the T.T. Wentworth Museum. And not only is this an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. How cool is that? You can see everything at historicpensacola.org. If you want to tour one of the 12 museums, and yes, Pensacola has 12 museums, and you get your tickets in person, show the ticket agent one of my emails and you'll get $2 off an adult ticket. You can get emails by texting REAL to 66866. So I don't have kids, but I also wanna tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with a publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com. And Insect. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. I called Insect, and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito, and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper, and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ensec.net. And Dexafit Pensacola. So new thought, the scale is just your relationship with gravity. Now when I get on my scale and me no likey, I say, you don't know me. What does know me is the 3D body comp scan. I can see what I'm made of and what's right for my body. Plus when you get a Dexafit scan, you also get a consultation because what good is data if you don't know what to do with it? After you know, you can make your fitness plan smart, like expert level 5,000. Also, look this up on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. Dexafit.com. Now back to the show. We give them, um, they do glamour shots dry with the mermaid tail on and before they get in the water. And in between water times, we share personal experience and, and mermaid stuff with them that they just all love it. We get people that come back as often as they can. We have repeaters. But it's interesting and it's enjoyable for us. We're their counselor and they, to meet all these different people from different walks of life from all over the country is, is very interesting. Oh, I, I feel like I may need to do that. (laughs) It sounds incredible. It sounds incredible. I'll be your, I'll be your counselor. Oh, thanks Rita. Okay. (laughs) Seriously. I'm so uh, just fascinated by it and I'm just so, um, Connect. I'm really connected to that spark in your eye that you get <laughs> when you talk about the spring. Like I just get it, and I would love for you to talk about your um, community work for the outreach program for the Florida preservation of the springs. Well, I'm a Florida State Parks uh, representative for the preservation of springs, and our springs are disappearing. And it's because of overpumping and chemicals. Now, 
chemicals in uh, fertilizers, pesticides, and household cleaners, um, they fuel excess toxic algae and it blocks, you know, it's clouding our springs. This algae grows so fast that it, uh, it reduces the clarity of the water. It blocks the water flow from the spring and it uses up the oxygen that the native species need to survive. Now, once all the oxygen has been depleted, all the aquatic uh, life in there suffocates to death because they, of the lack of oxygen. So the chemicals are really been extreme. And the more the population, the bigger the population, the more landscaping and there comes the chemicals. On overpumping, you know, if we withdraw more water than our seasonal rainfall can replenish, that reduces and slows our water flow, which is the main thing of the spring. And in a lot of springs, it has stopped. In, a, in one 10-year period, 17 springs around the state have completely dried up and disappeared. 17. That's in one 10-year period. 17. Wow. So we need to be paying attention because fresh water is the most precious and um, resource on the planet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's essential for all life on Earth. And we need to use water wisely. And, you know, when we go to turn on the faucet, we need to shut it off when we're wiping down tables or doing things. Instead of letting it run down the drain, we need to try to um, try to switch out of our chemical products and use more organic, natural, and uh, other safer alternatives because there's many out there. Uh, I can give you some examples of those if you'd like. But yeah. You know, no, give us some examples because, um, okay. you know, it can be really over, overwhelming when you go to the grocery store and you're trying to, you know, you're mm -hmm. out of soap and you're like just trying to get some soap. So, well, as sometimes, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'd be more than glad to uh, share my list or discuss it with anyone. They can always contact me through uh, Wikiwatchy Springs Facebook website. They can uh, or they can call. And I have a number for that and ask and tell them that they want to speak with me and I will get the message just like I did with you. Right. But simple things like, say, for household cleaners, you're talking like lemon, uh, salt, toothpaste, um, cornstarch, essential oils can change the smell. I mean, you can take baking soda and you can clean with it. You can use it as a scrub, a deodorizer or as a water softener. If you say you wanted a drain cleaner, take a cup of vinegar and a half a cup of baking soda, put it down the drain, let it fizzle for 15 minutes and pour hot water down. There's so many things you could use that we can replace for the chemicals. For pests, I love peppermint oil because it gets rid of fleas, flies, and spiders. <laughs> they just go, they don't like it. Mineral oil and water. If you combine that and shake it up, it uh, actually dehydrates insects and their eggs. Really? There's so many things that you can use. With fertilizer, you can put in your soil, on your plants, eggs, eggshells, um, 
bananas, coffee grounds. I do it every morning. Me too. I got my coffee grounds on a plant, you know? Yep. Cooking water from your vegetables, uh, pasta, and potatoes, that has a lot of minerals in it. And you let it cool, you could use it to water your plants. That's a great you know, idea. There's so many things that can be done, you know? There's a lot of options to get away from the chemicals because the chemicals that are getting down there, that's what creates it, this algae that can make its own food and actually reproduce itself just with the sunlight and the chemicals. And it's just become massive in the springs. I, um, I join at the springs. There's a group of volunteer divers that go in and clean the springs and we remove algae. And I do that when I'm not swimming shows or doing camps. I go and that's how much I love being in the spring. <laughs> I go in and help clean and remove the algae. And it doesn't matter how often we do it or how much we remove. There is more within the next day or two. Yeah. We have to remove it. That's how quickly it grows. Hmm. Well, those are really good tips, um, especially the... Um you know, the alternative cleaning and the the water, not just tossing out the water, letting it cool, and then feeding your plants with it. I love that. Thank you so much. I am just so enchanted by your whole story, and I'm just so honored that you came and, and shared it with us. And I, I know I, I think that will definitely happen. I was just about to say, I would be shocked if we didn't meet in the in person in the future. We will. We will. We will. We will for sure. Was there any um, thoughts that you want to leave us on the springs or mermaid life? Yeah, there, there, there is kind of one thought I would like to leave with you. It's we are at a critical turning point in Florida's history right now where we, all of us, all together, we will be judged as a civilization by our ability to take care of our springs and to protect our springs in fresh water. So to help save, everyone should take action today and set examples for tomorrow so we will have water in the future. We need that fresh water. I mean, our aquifer is one of the most productive in the world, but we also have a lot of um, activity. We've got over a million non-residents coming to the state of Florida just for our water activities and our springs. And we have people moving. Our population has increased. So we need to look out for our aquifer, which is where our springs get their water from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Rita. This has been wonderful. Uh, where can people find you online and, and follow um, the, also the information about the springs, both things? Okay. Uh, actually, you can get a lot of information online about the springs uh, through its website at the Wikiwachi Springs State Park. Or Facebook has some excellent videos um, I'm actually in one of the spotlight, uh, volunteer spotlight videos that tells a lot of what I do and shows what I do. But, uh, there's a lot of videos on there. They have tail mail, which is the young girls answer. We, we support the postal service to <laughs> teach them to write and they write to the young girls about how well, how much they love them when they saw them. So they have interconnection there and there's a lot of history on there. 
you, like I say, you can reach me by uh, through the Facebook website of Wiki Watching. Um, there's a number you can call, and you just mention my name and tell them that you're interested in environmental or about the springs. They'll forward the message to me, and I will contact. I also am on Facebook, and uh, I also have an email. I don't know how I, I mean, it's, I've got a couple of emails that the people could reach me through. Yeah, we but, can um, put them on the, um, in the show description, and we can also put them on, um, okay. I do an email uh, to announce the episode, and then I'll do another email at the end of the week that has okay. clickable links to all the stuff that you talked about. So the information about the springs and social media. So we'll make sure people get call, on that. If they call the springs uh, and they get, they need to uh, check uh, extension 11 because he forwards everything to me that has to do with the environment. And the springs phone number is uh, on the website too. Perfect. Just go to st extension 11 and it'll get forwarded to me directly. Awesome. Right Straight to Rita. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, my friend. That is a wrap. You did amazing. And I know I will be seeing you soon. Absolutely. You get in touch with me. I'll make sure that you get around and see everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Will do. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you. Are you still listening? Just kidding. Of course you are. Since you're here, here's some ways you can support the show. Stalk me on social media, leave a review, share an episode with a friend, or check out my Teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel. Links are in the episode description. 